0: Hello, podcast fans. Are you thirsty? Oh, I'm talking to you, podcasters, but at the same time, I'm also talking to my ferret steak who woke up in a mighty thirst. So if you hear a little noise in the background, that is him really getting just... Getting everything he can out of that water bottle. How are you fans of For Quality Assurance? This is For Quality Assurance, or FQA for short. We're a big podcast for small pets. Sometimes a smaller podcast for small pets too. But all that matters is that it's pets and sometimes even slightly bigger pets. Now, sorry I needed a cup of coffee because this episode takes a lot of energy and agility we might say. This is one of our first episodes that is very is going to start from a very dog centric uh, point of view. Um, what we're going to talk about today is uh, agility competitions for um, for dogs. Now, when I was a child, there were so many of these on TV. It was a big thing when they, when they started broadcasting um, Westminster and all these things. There, there was a weird market of, like, sports uh, on TV. And a bit, a lot of those sports were, were strange sports, like dog competitions and stuff like that. So um, I remember watching uh, the American Kennel Club's AKC on, on Animal Planet. But what we're going to do today is I'm going to tell you about uh, the history of, of, of agility. You know, if you've ever seen agility, uh, what it is is dogs are without a a, a leash or collar, or as they call it in this uh, terminology, naked, um, running through a set of obstacle courses, and they are timed. There are different categories for different sizes of dogs, um, but we're going to get into that later. One of the fun things about agility, so that we can just um, lay in heavy into this right away, is that even though the American Kennel Club is is one of the big people that put on this competition, and a lot of kennel clubs do, the, the fact of the matter is, is there's a large population of people who say that agility competitions, which are essentially dogs going through obstacle courses, and if you haven't watched it, pause the podcast, or you don't even need to pause the podcast, open up a video of, of these, these people doing this, it's great to watch. It really is a great sport to watch. It really is a great sport to watch on TV because even though... The dogs are slightly different sizes and shapes. Watching them go through the same thing is is, is fascinating to watch their their bodies move around. So um, the point I'm dodging around here is that there's a lot of people that believe that uh, uh, pure breed show dog sort of stuff should be uh, uh, not where we're going in the world of dogs and that we should be focusing more on things like agility competitions, that we should be focusing more on ability-based things rather than appearance-based things for dogs because, of course... um, there's a lot of uh, uh, bad stuff that comes with trying to make an animal look a certain way um, through, through breeding and, and, and overbreeding and interbreeding. So um, it's an interesting topic that's probably beyond the depth of this podcast, but it's uh, simply because it's it's too big of an issue as to whether or not maybe some of the there's an you know endemic cause of, of idealizing the, 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 the shape of an animal rather than its, its health and that might be, you know, affecting our pet industry. That's not what this this episode's going to be. That's not what this podcast is going to be, because that's a very, very serious issue. One that doesn't just require pet experts. It requires, you know, anthropologists. It requires people that understand uh, uh, the economy of the world. And my main expert is cute, tiny things. So probably not the person to ask. Well, but let's get back to the more fun thing of agility competitions. Now, what is – we're mainly going to get our big source here is from – Wou.edu. Um, it's a general uh, education website. I don't know what the university is. I'm having a, a little bit of hard trouble figuring that out. But um, they printed a, a, um, a letter from the E-S-A-A in 1998. So what we're going to go through here is the history of this. Um it started in 1977 by a guy named John Varley, with a V, as part of the Crufts show. Now, Crufts is still an organization. In 1970, it would be hard if it wasn't. But Crufts is a is a is now pretty specifically focused on a lot of agility competitions. Um, and that's a big thing. But They're just a general dog company, as far as I can tell from their website. They run a, a magazine as well. Um, they have latest news in both uh, 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 all sorts of competitions for dogs. Um, it's, it's an okay website. It's not a great website, but it, it is, it is a fun website to, to, to think it exists. I would definitely go on crufts.org.uk and see, and see what people are, are up to. They do also do, you know, breeding competitions as well. So it, it's one of this good but the bad thing. So, um, uh, Crufts, Crufts Magazine, in, in, in fact, uh, I know had a big part to do with this history. Um, John Varley was a member, a member of the International Dog Show, and had to find something entertaining spectators in between the main events. So this just went on because, you know, if you ever watch a dog show, which I never liked, I have to be honest. I know people are very into to, to the, the the whole thing of it, but it's it just it's. It, I mean, watching people go out and they just look at the dog. I, there is something so confusing about what's happening. <laughs> I mean, they're just looking at the dog, and there's the dog, and then they take him away, and they, oh, but I do like ASMR. I would love to watch, if there's an ASMR artist out there, which is people that create a pleasant soundscapes of, 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 you know, humdrum situations that are very calming, if someone really likes the show and is an ASMR artist, oh, boy, I'd be pretty happy if you made a dog-judging a dog ASMR, like a, a dog breed show ASMR. Oh, maybe I'll do that. Well... He needed to entertain people in between the already boring thing. So I would say just not in between at all. He needed to entertain people. Uh, that's a little bit of my own editorial. Um, he needed someone with a dog that could bring his ideas of of, of um, showing the agility of these animals uh, to the forefront. So he approached Peter Meanwell from Lincoln. Um, he and Peter and, and, Var, and Varney Varley. Hard word for me. Last names that start with V because I want to say F um, they, they teamed up, um, a- and, and created something where the dogs would jump and do all these things. In 1979, the UK c- Kettle Club introduced a set of rules and regulations because we are British, and that's, now it's fun. Before you were just, it wasn't really pleasant at all, but now there are rules, and so therefore, <laughs> it's fun. um, uh, and then there's there's a series of here of people that started in different countries. Um, we have Kenneth Tatch, uh, who comes over to Texas and starts the United States Dog Agility Association, um, and we have him to thank for it. And then uh, Charles Kramer for the National Club for Dog Agility. Um, boy, not a not a not a creative lot here. And then uh, the United Kennel Club, the UKC, and then. Um, uh, 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 at one point, what's the year on that? Now, that's important. Nineteen eighty-eight. Um, the USDAA, uh, in conjunction with Pedigree, started the Grand Prix of Dog Agility. Yeah, Grand Prix. Yeah, they don't know what that word means, but it's okay. Um, and it it exploded in the in in the the, the years after that. And now there's the uh, events in Canada and, and and all over the world. This then goes on to to talk about rules and. Um, Lots of lots of uh, different classes. I found one interesting thing. Um, at the novice level, it says on wou.edu, still the main source we're using here, um, is the average speed a dog has to run is between 2.5 and 2.75 yards per second. That is a weird A, time measurement, and B, stat. And now I have to think about it. And, I you know, I've never heard yards per second before. Very 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 interesting um, and he's talking about just uh, the, the sorry the author of the article is talking about generally uh, uh, how good you have to be in order to qualify because it is a timed competition um, and and then the the, the the main reason I think that he uh, he who wrote the uh, letter that's the problem with some of these sources is we find these great sources that have things that you know don't really exist outside of strange pages on the, on the website but they you know, don't generally, even just an author or something like that, it's hard to, to go back on. But uh, this author presents the idea that the really the main reason that um, there's a, a, a different classing of the dogs is for, um, there's a hurdle section at one point during the, the competition. So I think you can't really have every dog jumping, you know, uh, different distances. Um, so, great. Here's what... M- Here's what I say for you, is I go, first I go on Crufts.com, I see what the latest uh, news is for, for, for dogs, and then I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> not a lot of news, just in case you're wondering. Um, then I go, well, this is interesting, but how can we bring it back to small pets? Because I think dogs get a lot of press, and this was just something I wanted to cover. Well, good news. I found a website, which is linked to a lot of other sister websites, and I'm going to see if I can see what the, if, if they have a... They have a front, no, they don't have a, 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 a main hub. But essentially, I said, what, what about small animals? You know, I know about small animals. That's what I like. I have Steak the ferret. I have my turtles. You know, we're, 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 what about for them? Because the first thought I thought was, there's no way Steak would ever learn this. First of all, Steak doesn't, as is common with pets and, with uh, like uh, cats and ferrets, Steak doesn't really know his name. He, he sometimes responds to it. He he, does, he really doesn't know his own name. Um, not uncommon for these types of animals. Not uncommon for these types of animals to not respond to voice commands. Steak does know a few good voice commands, but mostly responds from physical gestures and, and things like that, and and routine training. Um, So, uh, and also, another thing with ferrets as to why I thought this competition would be hilarious is a lot of ferrets go deaf. So... <laughs> It, it's it's sad in the context it's much funnier in the context I'm thinking of it of sad in the context of ferrets going deaf and that's very, that's very sad very funny in the context of someone shouting at a ferret on an obstacle course to do stuff Very just in a cool little pile he can't do anything because he's little um, can't hear uh, So, so I did think there's no way that this has been done with ferrets and how wrong am I ferretagility.com, which I will say is going to be, I have found, we don't know how much of this is true. You know, one of the things of, uh, uh, uh these types of websites is, is, you know, there's no, there's no sourcing for any of them. There's no evidence. Sim- someone simply needs to make it. So I'm going to have to do some more. This is okay as a source for the end of a, of another episode where we had a, a sort of more reliable source, but I just wanted to close with this note. Apparently it's, um, this is part of the Dog Star Kennel, which is a a, a kennel, I guess, in South Dakota. Um, but uh, they have a whole thing about setting up ferret agility things for uh, your, your pet. Um, they have tips on what to do uh, using a puppy pen, obviously, because ferrets are just escape artists. I can't imagine any ferret doing this like correctly or in an order like these dogs do it. Is there a set order for the course? No. I'm reading right from ferretagility.com. But things you might wanna keep in mind, you might wanna have the ferret explore and maneuver the the course, all it will be able to do. You you want to do it quickly. So the starting tunnel might be a good strategy. I know ferrets, if he's going in a tunnel, he's not coming out. He's gonna hang out in that tunnel. Oh man, this is weird. There's no way this is a thing. But I will say this, this site has some great things that we are definitely going to try and cover and, and and run through. Let's see, training your ferret to do this. Oh, it's still under construction, it says on this page, because it's impossible. Let's see what the event rules is. Don't let the ferret escape would be my first rule. Oh, this is, this this. Uh, I can't imagine that this is actually a real thing. Um, but at the same time, the idea of someone conceiving it is, is very funny. Now, ferret weight pulling... Steak would do well in that. Steak moves incredibly heavy things. Every morning he has, if you want to see how strong Steak is, Steak is about uh, a little less than the length of my arm. Um, He's about, uh, of my forearm, excuse me. Um, And go to a pet store and uh, pick out, we've talked about them in the show, go look at a Kong Black. Kong Kong, uh, is a a type of, it looks like a snowman. And pick one of those up in your hand. The biggest one they, they sell. And Steak drags one of those around the house Effortlessly, so I would really think he'd do good in a weightlifting competition. But um, so this is this is this is hocus pocus, and I don't think this is real. Um, I think it's fooey. But um, this has inspired us to. This website is like I'm. There's a lot of great uh, uh, topics on here, and I think we're gonna definitely do what I've seen at the top here that I find fascinating. Definitely not a small pets matter, but it is definitely hilarious. Okay, hey. Everyone, if you haven't checked it out already, uh, Hamsters of History is on Vimeo. So watch it. Uh, you know, the, the pitch I always give to people for why to watch Hamsters of History, the documentary I made about the history of hamsters coming to um, the Americas, is um, where do hamsters come from? If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking maybe I want to listen to this, watch this movie, maybe I don't, maybe I think I know enough because I like small pets, you ask yourself legitimately where did they come from before we started breeding them. And if you, if you don't know, it's a fascinating story, and I recommend that you go do it. And it's a really funny movie. It's a really cool movie. It's fun for anyone of any age. Anyone can get it. Uh, uh, it's, it's not beyond anyone. And it's interesting for everyone. Even if you don't like hamsters, even if you don't like the way hamsters are sold, it's a good movie for you. It's a good movie for anyone. So if you look up Hamsters, a history on Vimeo, you can check it out there. Um... Thank you, everyone, for listening. We've had a big surge of listeners in the past week, and uh, it's it's been great. Um, Tune in next week for possibly the weirdest thing we've ever covered. All right, bye.